Jesus. It's new every morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. We declare your goodness, Lord. Lord, we, we declare, we know that you're always looking after us, Lord. You are our provider. You're our protector. Lord, you're the one who brings abundant wisdom when we need it, Lord. I just thank you, God, that we can go to you with any need, and you're there. You're ever faithful. And, Lord, with, with that in mind, Lord, we thank you for this new year ahead, Lord. Lord, we know there will be challenges, Lord, but we know that there will be opportunities, and we know that you will get us through. Our trust is in you. Lord, we give this year to you now. Lord, we give it to you. And, Lord, I pray that we be found obedient to you in every step of this path that you have for us, individually and corporately as this local body. And we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Take a few minutes and greet someone. Maybe wish them a happy new year. One year into it. Uh, one week into it now. All right. Hey, listen, in a little bit, you're going to hear a message on the importance and the power of, of daily Bible reading and studying your Bible. And so um, also the next week after that, I'll be sharing on prayer. And so in the seat back in front of you, there's a connect card. If you're a guest of ours today, we'd like you to fill it out. Let us know you're, you're here. Take it to our information desk on your way out. And, uh, and they have some really, I think, some nice gifts. I mean, I like coffee, and I like the, I like the mug that we give away because it feels good when you're drinking that coffee. And on the other side of the Connect card is for prayer requests. If you have any prayer needs or anything, please put those on there. And you can drop those off at the information desk as well. But right now, we're going to receive our morning offering. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to worship you, to worship you from our hearts. Lord, your word says, Jesus, you said it yourself, that wherever our treasure is, our heart's going to be right there. And so, Lord, I pray that as we give, that we'd, that we'd be remembering that we're, we're giving to you because we love you. And we love your purpose and your cause. You came into this world to redeem men. And I thank you that you've shared that with us, that we can reach all around this world with the gospel. And so, Lord, again, I pray your blessing on this offering for your purpose and your blessing on our lives as we give. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Okay, announcements. We've got some things to share with you. On your way in today, I hope you received a copy, the latest copy of Worldview Magazine. Gives you an update about what's going on in world missions. And I uh, hope you'll, if you didn't get one, please get one at the information desk on your way out. And also calendars. Uh, might be your last chance to get a calendar. It's already a week old. Um, so we're letting them go cheaper than we did last week. You know, they're free. Now they're less than free. So please take a calendar. Can't believe it. Usually we do get a good batch left over, and a lot of them have disappeared. So thank you. I don't know if any of you are selling them on the open market or on Marketplace or somewhere, but uh, thank you for taking those. Also, how many started the Bible reading program we handed out last week? How many started that? Okay. Yeah, excellent. Four of you. Great. Um, I'll be, you'll be hearing about Bible reading today, okay? Um, beyond that, um, I will proudly tell you I'm behind already, okay? So I might have to go to the audio version and just take an hour-long drive and just get it all caught up. Just pop it in my MP3 and Bluetooth it and whatever. Uh, let's see, what's going on? Women of Praise, first, first breakfast and Bible study of... 2024 is this Saturday at 9 o'clock. And then if that's not enough for you, on Thursday night, they're meeting at Cracker Barrel in Elkton uh, for ladies. Oh, ladies morning. I said night. Sorry. I have to read here. Ladies morning out so you can have breakfast on Saturday and Thursday. Okay. Um, and then also, what else do we have? Young adults are going ice skating next Sunday from 1 to 3. Next Saturday from 1 to 3. I'm messing this up real good. Start. I'm going to go all the way around. 360. There we go. <clears throat> Men's breakfast is a week from Saturday, and I know that's 8 a.m. And uh, best, best, I mean, the ladies do a good job. They really do. I remember, I think it was last year, same, it, the ladies' breakfast was the same as the Lego Derby. And Sade, you made Asian. You made an Asian, it was an Asian theme. They had this salmon that was unbelievable. I've never eaten so much salmon for breakfast in my life after I already had breakfast at home. But I just couldn't resist. So they have a wonderful breakfast, but the, the men do a great job, too. Really appreciate that. Um, th I want to thank God. I want to thank God that we had rain this weekend and not snow. Thank you, Jesus. Really, thank you, Jesus. If you want snow, go to Vermont. Okay, bypass the Poconos, go up to Vermont. They're making it up there. They're, they're getting it. Uh, my family in Massachusetts got five to eight inches last night. They're going to get another three to five today. God bless those people. Church is canceled everywhere. I'm so glad we can meet together today. Seriously, I love it. But if you notice in your bulletin, there will be times when there's inclement weather and you're wondering, are we going to have church? Are we not going to have church? What's going to happen? What you need to do, it's in your bulletin. It's in the right-hand corner up top. Go to our website. That's the best thing that you can do. Go to our website. There will be a banner. It's usually in red or in orange, something you can spot, and it'll tell you exactly what we're doing. Okay. And sometimes you just don't know. Uh, it might not be till that morning. Okay. I'm, I'm, I saw some people trying to cancel church like three days ago. It's like, no, we're, we're not going to do that. It's, it's going to be last minute, but it'll be before you leave your house. We don't want you getting in trouble with your car. Um, and then finally, giving statements for 2023 last year. If you would like yours, Lisa Fry will have them. She'll be out in the lobby uh, at, the, at the end of service. And so just go up to her and she'll have your giving statement uh, for tax purposes and whatever. So I think that's it. Pastor Hans. Well, good morning, everyone. Doesn't Pastor do a good job with the announcements and everything? 
I mean, you know, he's, he's still trying. He's learning. He's, he's, he's improving every, every time he does it. I know it's his passion. He's excited about it. But it is so good to be with you this morning. And uh, we're kicking off. Uh, last week, if you were here, our pastor talked about, he introed our Back to Basics. And so, so this week is the first week where we're talking about, well, what are those basics? What are those basic things that we're going to do? And our goal over the next several weeks is to be able to uh, get you excited, inspired, passionate about Jesus through some of these basics. It's not about the basics. It's about what the basics produce and do in us. Because if you want to become uh, passionate about reading, that's great. But the purpose of reading the Bible is so that we would fall more in love and become more devoted to who? Jesus. That's, that's the purpose of it. And uh, today, you know, we're going to be talking about reading our Bible. There's an evangelist, an Assembly of God evangelist within, uh, he's actually from Massachusetts, actually not far from where Pastor's from, uh, named Greg Hubbard. And he is a, a kind of a Pendel, he's up in Reading, PA. But he used to say, he, his prayer when he would come to a church was that we need a Bible revival. We need a Bible revival. And I tell you, whenever he would say that, it's so true. We need a revival of a hunger for God's word. And I, I, think, he's, I think he's right. There's nothing more life-changing, more heart-altering, more behavior-modifying, more attitude-transforming than the power of the word of God. There really isn't. And I want to give you another tool today. Uh, Pastor has the, uh, um, the, 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 reading, uh, the reading chart. And, uh, you know, if you haven't jumped on that, give it a shot. Get, just get on there. Who cares if you're a week late? Jesus doesn't care, okay? Just, just get on it and begin to read. But I have another resource here. And this isn't a, a tracking resource. How, how many like to read, like, fiction? Or you like to read, you know, you, 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 have, you have books around that, uh, that, you know, that maybe you're reading uh, if you like that, then um, Tyndale put out these several years ago. I've used these in the past. I have, I have more copies, but I just brought two up here. It's the entire Bible, and I believe there's seven or eight different books, and they're chunked together. Like this one's called The Prophets. And basically what they've done is they've taken all the, a couple of the major and all the minor prophets, and they've taken out all the chapters, numbers, all the verse numbers, and it just reads... Like a, like a book. It's the NLT. And if you're a person that kind of likes to read like in that format, this might be a really cool thing. And they're not expensive. They're like 12 bucks or something like that. But you can get uh, the, 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 the New Testament is actually in one particular book. Uh, this one here is Chronicles and has First and Second Chronicles. It's got a couple of the other books. We've got Esther and Daniel in here. And so if that's kind of your reading style, I'm going to leave these up here. Come check it out after service. Maybe it's something you want to be able to buy, and it will help you as you make God's word priority in your life. So let me ask the question, why should we be excited about reading the Bible? Why should we be excited? Is its importance overstated? I mean, is it that important? I mean, there have been periods in history where people didn't have access to a Bible. Maybe they had it passed down orally, but maybe in their part of the world they didn't have it, so are they not as spiritual? 
Um, I mean, we listen to sermons every week. We believe that, that you hear the, the Word of God here on a weekly basis. If you come Wednesdays, you hear it in the middle of the week. Um, you know, you might say the Holy Spirit lives in me. You know, do I really need the Word of God as much as, as it's being communicated? Or how about this? What if I read other books that have some of the Word of God in it? You know, what if I have, what if I'm reading books that talk about biblical principles and things like that? Uh, great missionary Amy Carmichael, she said this, Never let good books take the place of the Bible. Drink from the well, not from the streams that flow from the well. See, there is no book, no conversation, no wisdom, no life greater than that's found in the Word of God, in the Bible. And it's not just, it's just, just me. It's not just me saying it because I'm sitting up here. I have a lot of people. I'm just going to read a few. Daniel Webster. How many have ever looked into a dictionary? You know, you can, you can thank Daniel Webster. He says, I believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the will and the word of God. If you look at Charles Dickens, he actually, for his young children, he rewrote the scriptures in a children form, a child format that they could easily understand when they were kids. And when his youngest went away and left home, he wrote a note to them and he said this, I put a New Testament among your books for the very same reasons and with the very same hopes that made me write an easy account of it for you when you were a little child, because it is the best book that ever was or ever will be known in the world. Abraham Lincoln said, but for this book, we could not know right from wrong. I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to mankind. And Ronald Reagan in more recent history said this, within the covers of the Bible, are the answers for all the problems that men face. And some days we face a lot of problems as, uh, uh, as, uh, as humans, don't we? We face all kinds of troubles. But not only people in somewhat modern history speak that about the Bible, but in the Bible itself and people, the writers of the scripture under the influence and power of the Holy Spirit, Joshua 1.8, 3,400 years ago, Joshua 1.8 says this, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, 2,500 years ago says this. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. And just a mere 2,000-ish years ago, Hebrews 4, 12, and 13 says, For the word of God is alive. It is powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inner thoughts and desires. See, there's something that happens when you read the Word of God. When you and I read the Word of God, something happens in us, transforms us. As many of you know, maybe some of you that are newer here don't, uh, 
years back, 2001 to 2005, I had the privilege and the honor to work at a drug rehab called Teen Challenge. And where I worked was the training center. So that was for uh, men that had been in the program about three or four months already. Where they entered the program and they spent those first three or four months, we had centers in Philadelphia, and I know over the years the, the, uh, the women's facility has come here and the men's facility has come here and sang uh, when, uh, in the past. But we had centers in Philadelphia, we had centers in Syracuse, Brooklyn, uh, Long Island, uh, Pittsburgh, Harrisburg, uh, there was one down in North Carolina, there was one in uh, Virginia, Newport News. And so as these students entered these programs, these local smaller programs, and they completed their three or four months of the year-long program, then they would come to where we were at. And every month, as uh, I, would, I would receive in my mailbox my, who are my new students this month, because every student, we have months, grad, students graduating, and we had students coming in. So I'd get my sheet, and I would see what my students' names were, and I would see what induction center or what center they came from. And without, without fail, there were centers that basically a guy came in, they had chapel every day, some prayer, and they went out and raised money for the center all day. They just were out in the streets door to door, at the thrift store or wherever. But there were other centers where these men actually had classes and they had to memorize and get into the Word of God. And you knew, as counselors, we knew what those centers were. So we had a list of maybe 15, 18 guys, and we knew, oh, a guy from Sand Hills. He's going to already have the Word of God in him. There's always going to be, there are already going to be some steps that are happening. There are going to be some things that are going on in his life that God's been working in him because he's been in the Word of God. And there are other centers which I will, will go un, unnamed, we knew they barely did any Bible work. They, were just, they, were, they just got saved, and they were putting them to, to, to work, but not in the Word of God. And we knew that students that were from those centers, there was still a lot of work to be done, a ton of work to be done. Because the Word of God transforms people's lives. See, uh, the, the, basic, the basics cause us to grow physically. If you get good sleep, if you eat nutritious food and you physically exercise and move your body, you will grow. Especially as a child, you will grow, you'll function, you'll be able to do the things you need to do. And the basics always cause us in our spirit, in our soul, to be able to grow. As we read the Bible, the, the coming weeks we're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be talking about fellowship, which may surprise some of you, but it is absolutely a basic. Giving, sharing your faith, worship, being a discipler, all those things cause people to grow. And this morning I want to share with you some ways that God's Word can be life-changing for you and I and how we can thoroughly apply that, enjoy that, in our own lives. And this morning I'm going to read from Psalm 119. I'm going to first read it from the message, and then I'm going to read it from the NIV. Now Psalm 119 is very unique. It's very creative in the sense that it has 22 sections. It uses an acrostic, with each section being the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Its focus is very focused. It uses eight different words 
for the word of God. It uses words like law or word or judgment or your testimony. But it's very focused. Psalm 119 is very focused on the word of God. And its length is 176 verses, 2,445 words. But it's not a chapter because each psalm is self-contained. It's very unique. And I'm going to read it here this morning from the message. It should be on the screen. 119, verse 9 through 16. Don't worry, I'm not going to read all 176 verses. Some of you are really getting concerned about that. 9 through 16. It reads like this. How can a young person live a clean life? By carefully reading the map of your word. I am single-minded in my pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't send myself bankrupt. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer my lips all the counsel that comes from your mouth. I delight far more in what you tell me about living than in gathering up a pile of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you've told me of life. I won't forget a word of it. Amen? So let's begin with Psalm 119, verse 9 in the NIV. And this, we're moving from the message now to the NIV. We'll, we'll kind of, I'll kind of be sharing both. But verse 9 says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I think it's a great question then. It's been a great question every year. And it's a great question today. How can a young man or a young person, how can they stay on the path of purity? It's a great question today. With all the opportunity and the temptation that is there today, it is an important question. And it's an important question if you're young because that's where you set up the, the routines. That's where you set out the course, the practices, and establish a direction of your life. When you're young, you're setting those things in motion. It's not okay for us to look at young men, young women, you know, mid-teens and olders. It's not okay for us to look at them and be like, nah, they're young. It's okay. Because you and I know that are even slightly older, that the patterns, the direction, the course is set then. And it's very difficult to deviate from that course once it's been established. See, reading the Bible and obeying it is absolutely life-changing, life-altering, because it changes the trajectory, the direction of our lives. Not only as a young person, though, the good news is that for any age, for any person, it'll do that for you. See, the message reads this. Uh, it says, carefully reading the map of your word. In a lot of ways, it is a map. It's a map that has the danger spots on it. You know, the warnings, you know, the, 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 the red signs. It's, it, it has that on there. It also is a map that shows opportunities It's a map that shows blessing. It's a map that shows warnings. It's a map that gives encouragement to you and I. It's a map that gives us examples. And if you don't know what to pray, it's a map that tells you and I how to pray when we don't know what to pray. It's a map. And it will change your life. 
But it's not only a map that guides us, but it also can prevent some things. Verse 10 says, I will seek you with all my heart. And this is key. Do not let me stray from your commands. The message says I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. And the New Living reads it this way. Don't let me wander from your commandments. It's attributed to J.R.R. Tolkien that not all who wander are lost. How many have ever heard that? Not all who wander are lost. How many here, if you had to say one aspect of your personality and characteristic is you, you tend to wander? Yeah, you might wander through a store. You, you're not in a big rush. You just, you're just enjoying the scenery, enjoying what's happening, what's going on. But wandering can be fun. Maybe if you have a store that you like to wander. How many have been to Bucky's? Anybody here been to Bucky's? Talk to me a little bit. Yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. Bucky's, okay. It's like the world's biggest gas station, slash department store, slash gift shop, slash whatever. Um, I went to, uh, our family went to uh, our son Hans's graduation in Springfield, Missouri, and they just, like within the month, within like maybe in November, they opened a Bucky's just north uh, of Springfield. And so we went through it, and we were going there, and we're like, oh my gosh, we've got to go there on the way home. So the day we left, we head out for breakfast, we got gas, had 78 pumps, 78 gas pumps outside of the thing. And uh, I didn't even know which one to pick. I was like, I don't even know. What, I just pull up. And you go inside, and it's, it's overlooked. First thing, it's in the morning. So it was like probably 8 o'clock, 7.45. It's just overload. I mean, things everywhere, people everywhere. Welcome to Bucky's. You know, all this stuff going on. You're like, oh, my gosh, I'm, you know, uh, losing my mind here. And, and, and all you can do is wander around. You're like, wow, look at those Bucky socks. Look at those. I have a, actually, I have a Bucky sticker I got for free on my laptop. And, uh, you know, look at, look at the Bucky's drinks. And, and last night, I actually had some of their Bucky's habanero sauce. I bought like a little, little bottle of that. So I had some of that last night. And uh, it's just amazing. You just wander around, you know, like what is there to see? You know, all the snacks and, and shirts and d just crazy things, you know. People making sandwiches, chopping up pork. It's crazy. Sometimes it's fun to wander. Maybe when you go on vacation, you wander on the beach. You just wander down there. You just go as far as you can and, and just wander back. Or maybe you're more of a mountain person. You just wander out there. Sometimes it's really fun to wander. But most wandering is actually not fun at all. Just in, in little pockets, it can be fun. But wandering or straying really can get us in a lot of different trouble. Maybe you were that kid that got lost and wandered at an amusement park. All of a sudden, no one's around. You don't know where you are. Help! You know, or you're the parent with a child that's wandered. Maybe you have a wandering child. They just wander away. Just they're gone. We don't, know where, we don't know where they are, you know? Maybe that's been your life. Getting all kinds of trouble wandering that way. In marriage, the last thing you want to do is wander. People get in all kinds of trouble. So wandering and straying, it actually gets us in all kinds of trouble. Robert, Robert, <laughs> I can't say this. Robert Robinson. If, if your name was Robert Robinson, I would mess up your name every time. Robert Robinson, at 22, got saved as a teenager in 1758, and he wrote the song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. 
And here's the, 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 the line that would be familiar with us. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wandering, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. See, wandering is very dangerous. And what the word of God does is it keeps us from wandering in the bad way. You can still walk around Bucky's in your favorite store and nature. But when it comes to wandering in life away from the Lord, one of the powerful things about the word of God is it, it keeps us from wandering. Another life change from reading God's word is that it, it helps us in our propensity to do that, to become distracted, to become disconnected with God and others. Then in verse 11, it says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The message reads, and I really appreciate this because this word, uh, uh, it just, uh, it means something different to me. It says, I've banked my promises in the vault of my heart so I won't send myself bankrupt to bank something. For some reason, that word just kind of resonates with me. I, I get that, to put something away. See, the effect that the Bible has on us is life-changing in many ways, but in a unique way is it has a cumulative effect. It has a, an effect where what we store, what we bank there in our hearts from the Word of God actually has effect later on. I've hidden your word in my heart. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart. The psalmist is recognizing that the accumulation of God's word in your life and heart has a lasting effect on you. And the effect is that we won't sin or sinning will become more challenging and more difficult and separation from God himself will be more challenging because of what we've stored, what we've banked in there. You know, Building muscle helps you today and in the future. The science is super clear. Um, I'm, I have, a, it's a long story. I had a gentleman in our home church where I got saved, Dr. Wayne Westcott, who was uh, in the 70s, was very uh, influential with articles and books concerning muscle. And uh, it's estimated that every decade, some studies, seven to 10 years, we lose anywhere from four to six pounds of muscle. Can you believe that? Four to six pounds of muscle if we don't do any type of strength training. So you could run, you can do all kinds of things, but if you don't uh, do strength training, you lose muscle about that much, four to six pounds every decade. That's, that's horrifying, isn't it? That's, that's terrifying. And, um, and so the muscle you and I build in our lives, the muscle you built as a young person, as a middle-aged person, as an older person, it actually has an effect that helps us later. It helps us when it comes to metabolism. It helps us when it comes to strength to do things. So the things you do in years past helps be able to provide something for you later. Do you know if you want to be hydrated for tomorrow, when did you need to start hydrating? Like today and the day before? You know, because I can't just say, well, I need to be hydrated right now. Let me just chug this gallon of water right now. First of all, you know, you could really make yourself pretty sick. But you need to hydrate before because what you do before actually provides something for you later. That's how it works when it comes to our life. Look at the temptation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. We look at that and we're like, wow, 
Jesus was incredible. He was amazing. You know, the, Satan put these temptations before him, and he knew exactly what to say. He knew the right scriptures to say. Don't you think it's because Jesus had banked? He had hidden the words of himself and his father in his heart, so when he needed them, he actually had them to pull out. He actually had them to work with. The word of God has lasting power in your life and in my life. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of this section of Psalm 119, he just blurts out praise. How many of you have ever done that? You just, you're just in the middle of something, and you're like, Lord, I just want to give you praise. Just, you, know, you may say it in a different way, but you're like, praise God, everything's falling apart, but Lord, I just want to take a minute and praise you. Well, in the middle, this is what he says. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your way. Teach me your decrees. Teach me your decrees. I mean, how can he not? We've just talked about the power of the word of God, what it does in us. And he just, he just gives God praise in verse 12. And then he moves from the benefits of how God's word uh, works in his life to walking out and the practices, making God's word a part of your life. Because God's word can be all these things, but if we don't walk it out and work it out, then we don't get to apply those things to our lives today. It's just, it's not how that works. And here are some helps for you and I to make reading God's word an exciting, practical, and permanent part of our life. First one, verse 13. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. With your lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. The NLT, I like how it says it. I recited aloud all the regulations that you have given us. With his own mouth, out loud, he recites, recounts, and he speaks God's word. See, there's something happens in your brain when you read something out loud. There's something that, that happens there. How many of you have ever tried to study for something? And you've tried this where you read it out loud? You write it, uh, I'm sorry, you, you read it and be able to see it with your eyes, and, and, and you, at the same time, you're writing it, and maybe as you're writing it, you're speaking out loud what you're writing. All those things going on, all those brain things firing away helps you to be able to capture and hold on to something. It helps us. How about singing the Word of God? Some of you do that every day. You, maybe you go on the piano and you play something, and you sing songs that have a lot of the Word of God, or you, you listen to, you put on the... Uh, you might put on Spotify or the radio or your CD, whatever you have, and you sing a song that has the words of God in it. That's powerful. And I'll bet you if I could ask you to finish some of these lyrics, you'd be able to do it. Now, folks, I really need your help. You're going to make me look like a complete idiot if you don't help me right now. So if you want me to look like an idiot, just be quiet. If you're kind and generous and you want to help me, please help me with these. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Even if you're not ready, just say, I'm ready. Okay. Finish these songs. I'm dreaming of a... People are like, should I say it or should I sing it with them? <laughs> you can sing it. You can sing it. Oh, this is a tough one. <clears throat> and we'll have fun, fun, fun till... I can always count on past Brandon. <laughs> and I'm not even in key. I'm like singing off key, you know? 
Okay, now this is, this is a little more modern. I need this side of the room to really help me. You ready? Hey, I just met and this is crazy. Yeah, okay, see? Again, not, not super modern, but more modern-ish. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate that. And then, amazing grace, how... See, these are songs, you know them because you've recited them out loud. You've spoken them out loud, and you know these words because it, it's something that you've taken your own lips, they've come from your own mouth, and you've been able to sing. There's something about music and saying things out loud that helps us remember. You know, for application today, what if we read God's word out loud? Maybe, if you, maybe you did that. If you walk around in your room or you're somewhere that you're reading and you just read it out loud. Sing it with a song. Maybe you know that portion of scripture is in a song. Go ahead and sing it. Uh, make a song. It doesn't matter. Listen to it. But there's something about singing, speaking out loud, reciting, recounting God's word with our lips is a great way to read God's word. And the next two practices I'm going to take kind of out of order. I'm going to move verses around. So I'm going to read a verse earlier and, and take those verses and move them later. But the next one will be in verse 15. Verse 15. And I believe I have that appropriately up, up on the screen here. Verse 15. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. The message says, I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. Every morsel. See, God's word is enormous. Uh, that, that list that, that pastor had given us and put on the seats, it's, a, you know, be able to read every day and be able to, I mean, it just shows how large the Bible is. It's a, it's a I mean, it's, it's not, you know, by, by words and numbers or by words and, and letters, it's not the largest book in the world, but it's substantial. It's, it's, it's very big, 66 books within one book. And a year to read it, you know, so much a day, that's, that's a significant accomplishment. And its size can really psych us out. But verse 15 here in the message says, every morsel. The NIV says, every precept. These are small, or at least manageable, pieces of God's word. If we are meditating, thinking, considering contemplating, ruminating, going over, hashing out God's word, that has great value. So when we read God's word, it's important that we have a broad, you know, you're, you're reading it in these or you're using that uh, year through the Bible. Those are, those are valuable and important, but also the morsels are valuable and important as well. The precepts, the small sections are very important and have tremendous value. It could be one verse you're thinking about today or this week. Now, don't stay on that same verse all year and be like, hey, I'm just ruminating on that verse all year long. I've only read one verse this year, but I'm just, I'm ruminating. I'm doing what you told me. Dad, come on, come on. But maybe this one verse this particular day or this particular week, it's just, it's just rolling over in your heart, in your, in your spirit. You're just like, man, that verse is just speaking to your life. But maybe it's a, Verse, or maybe it's a word like forgiveness, and you're just reading verses about forgiveness, and you're like, man, Lord, thank you. I, I need these. These are powerful. These are important. 
Uh, maybe you're reading verses about, about what loving looks like, and you're, you're reading these and going over and looking more deeply into them. Don't underestimate the power of meditating on small portions of the Bible. Now, one thing about me that my family knows and those that know me best know, I love cheese. I love it. Pastor loves coffee. I do not eat as much cheese as he drinks coffee, but, but um, I love cheese. I do. I love all kinds. The really, 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 really stinky stuff I could do without, but I love cheese. I went to a cheese shop one time. Went to a cheese shop and walked in the door, just kind of was wandering around the cheese shop, looking around. And uh, the gentleman behind the counter said, you know, can I help you? I said, yeah, I'm just, I've never been in a cheese shop. He's like, well, what kind of cheese do you, you know, like, what kind of cheeses do you eat? I didn't want to say, like, Velveeta and, you know, like, really insult the guy, like, trash cheese. Uh, so I said, well, I like really sharp cheddars. He's like, ah, oh, I've got something for you. So he takes off a little sliver, just a little piece, you know, like that big, real thin, and he says, I'm going to, and he puts it on the wax paper and he hands it to me. He said, but listen, I want you to put it in your mouth and just let it sit there for about 10 or 15 seconds before you start chewing it. I'm like, okay, this is weird, but okay. So take it off there, put it in my mouth. And we're, it's, we're having an awkward moment. We're like, look, I'm like, <laughs> uh, just, so, and then I slowly start eating the cheese and man, it does taste different. When it's warm, you get all the flavors, all the sharpness, all the nuances, that if I just took it and just, you know, took a pound of cheese, cut it with a bunch of crackers, and just started wolfing it down like, you know, like I've done in my life, uh, you miss it. And the word of God can be like that too. There's a, there's a verse, there's a, a word, there's something God has for you there in your reading, and you just don't need to wolf it down so quick. We need to take a moment and let it just sit there and be able to speak, let the Holy Spirit do the work that's only his to do and be able to speak to your life. Meditating and pondering on bite-sized pieces of God's word while you're reading is a great way to hide it in your heart, to bank it in your heart and be changed by it. And lastly this morning, I want to read verse 14 and verse 16. And it says this, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I would love to see if I handed you a check for a hundred grand or if I handed you a check for a million. I'd love to see your response. That type of rejoicing. You'd, you would be jumping for joy, excited, passionate. Verse 16 says, I delight in your decrees. So verse 14 is I rejoice. Verse 16 is I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Rejoice and delight. And let's be honest. These aren't words that most people associate with God's word. Rejoicing or rejoicing and delighting. Not many people connect those words to the word of God. But we should. We should. There's a connection between rejoicing and delighting, though. Rejoicing is to be glad, to be happy and excited for. When you read God's word, what do you have to be happy for? Number one, you can be happy that you actually have a copy and can read it. In places around this world, to get caught with it is a death sentence or a persecution at the least. 
We need to be rejoicing because it's actually something in this life that's true. That's true. That's not going to change in four years or 50 years or a thousand years. It won't change. It's true. And we can rejoice in that. We can be rejoiced that it was sent to us with love. It wasn't just a letters written in haste, letters written in anger. It is letters written to us in love. That it actually has answers to challenges you're facing in life. That it gives you and I courage. How many have needed some courage in the past year? Need some courage about a decision or something that needed to be done. And that there's reward for following it. We can rejoice because as I obey it, as I follow it, man, there's reward. There's something to look forward to when it comes to that. God's word is something to rejoice in. The second word is delight. Delight. Again, we don't think of delight in God's word. Rejoice. Okay, marriage, but delight? Like, Oh my gosh, delight. I just watched the other day. We're like, want to watch a movie at the house? We want to watch a movie? Yeah, what do you want to watch? We ended up on Narnia. You know, we're just watching. And, and what's, the, what's the treat? Who's the kid that gets the... the uh, no, no, who's the, who's the boy that, that gets the Turkish delight? Edmund. Edmund, that's his name. Yeah, Turkish delight. And I heard it's like horrible stuff. I, I, don't, I don't know much about it, you know. Uh, I haven't investigated it, but on, but on, the, on the show, on the movie, it looks amazing. So we think of delight, we think, ooh, wow, you know, let's get your senses going, you're excited. We may not think of delight. We may think of, of many, many things, but not that. But when we, we think of delight, we think of something new. We think of a victory. We think of success, accomplishments, being admired, delight, something, something to really be excited about. We tend to, but the reality is we tend to truly find delight in many small things. Isn't that true? You know, uh, you may have gotten gifts. People have given you things. It's probably the really small, mundane things that you actually found delight in this holiday season. You got to spend time with your family, maybe. Maybe you got to share a memory. You got to laugh. You got to, for a few moments, have some peace. Maybe, maybe you... Uh, when in your life it's being supported and loved by somebody in the very mundane, regular things, those are often the things that we really find delight in. I remember uh, my stepfather, Jose, before he passed away, he would, he would watch our kids when they were younger, uh, not actually like, like babysit, but like he'd sit on the couch and watch them. And he would, he would get the biggest charge, the greatest delight in just watching them play. They could be playing with toys, they could be wrestling. They could be doing a hundred things. And man, he would just sit there. And the look on his face used to crack me up all the time. He used to love and get, just get so much delight from just watching them, watching them be kids. I don't know why. I used to ask them, what are you thinking, Papa? Oh, no, just enjoying the kids. He, did, he just got tremendous delight from them. And when we rejoice in God's word and all it says, and we're glad about it, we're glad when it tells us don't live this way. We're glad when it says, hey, watch out for this. We're glad we rejoice when it says, hey, live this way, make this choice, make this decision, say no to that. When we rejoice in that, we're going to find that we begin to delight in what it says. 
When we experience it that way, we delight in it. Because, you know, when I, when I, think, about, when I think about getting married, and this summer will be 30 years for Jody and I, and so when I think about all those years, God bless Jody, and I mean that in a lot of ways. I'm not being funny. Like, God bless Jody. Um, but when you think about that, I have learned, she has learned to rejoice in who we are. Rejoicing in how we're different. Rejoicing in the strengths and even the weaknesses that we bring to each other. And then now, all these years later, we get to delight in each other. And I'm not going to speak for Jody, but there are just so many things that bring a smile to my face and delight to me. Her mannerisms, they're just some of the ways she holds her hand or grabs something or her mannerisms and how she approaches some, all these little things that I really didn't notice when I was a younger man because I was just... I was just learning how to be married. But now, because of all these years of rejoicing in who she was, I delight in who she is. Her mannerisms, her humor, I understand completely, and I really find it fun and enjoyable. Her quirks, and she's got them. Her, the quirky parts of what she does and the order she does things and how she does and why she does things. It's just... It's something I take delight in now. And of course, her beauty, I take delight in it. She has aged much better than I have. Amen. But to my defense, no, okay. There's no defense. Reading the Word of God guides us, protects us, provides all kinds of ways and flexibility and freedoms for us to be able to enjoy his word. And if you could do one thing, if you could do one thing, and, and we're going to be speaking about prayer, we're going to be speaking about fellowship, we're going to be speaking about giving, sharing your faith, all super important things. And I'm not trying to put this one above all, but I would just say this. I would encourage you, if you could do one thing this year, I would encourage you to begin to read your Bible on a regular basis and watch it change. You're not going to have to make it happen, but as you read it, watch it begin to change how you think, how you respond out of your mouth, your attitude and your heart. Watch it do the work in your life. And as Pastor Brandon comes to do communion, I want to read one scripture to you to close. And that's the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. Many of you know it. Out of the NLT, I'm going to read it. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen? Thank you, Pastor Hans. But sometimes, just to kind of tag on there, sometimes when I, uh, I, re I generally read my Bible at night, and sometimes it's almost like I'm excited. I know the time's coming and I'm going to go read, and I get excited 
because it shouldn't be begrudging to us. It shouldn't be done out of guilt. It's because we love. Do you love the Word of God today? Hallelujah. So thank you, Pastor Hans, for... I, I, I want to hear more about those quirks maybe in a little bit, but <laughs> I have heard about them. No, I'm kidding, Jody. No. If you would, go ahead. I've, I've already prepared my emblems here, but you can go ahead and, and prepare the bread. I recently... Uh, I don't know why. It was, it was a couple that I knew, sort of. Uh, I got a text from my sister-in-law. She said, hey, this, this woman, she wants you to call her. I was like, she, and it's something about a funeral and something about singing. I was like, wait, who is this? I, I had no idea. And so I get on Facebook, like we probably many of us do, and you start looking up this person. And I was like, I, I kind of remember them. Um, and, and so it was her brother that had passed away, and after all these years, and I have not seen them in quite a number of years, they thought of me to come and sing at the funeral, which was a last-minute thing. I said yes, and I was kind of, I hope they're not watching this, I was kind of like thinking, uh, maybe I, I don't want to do that, but I went and I did it. And it, only because it's fresh on my mind, but many of you, you you've attended funerals, you've attended um, different services, uh, you've read obituaries, not for pleasure, but sometimes you go and you read those things. And a lot of the times, most of the time, it's all about, when you, when you go to a funeral, you know, you're not going to hear all the good things that were said about you. Hopefully there's good things said about you at your own funeral, but you won't get to enjoy them as, as they're told about you. But so much of what we remember in those moments are the good times. And so much, uh, many times, and maybe you've been this way, maybe I'm the only one that thinks like this, but you read an obituary and you think, oh, I wonder how they died. You're, you're curious. You know, my age, you know, what was it? But we're not always privy to that information. And how do you even broach the subject? You don't want to do that. Um, and so the thing today is, we don't, we don't focus on those things. We, we look at, we talk about the happy times and we don't want to remember the negative part. We don't want to talk about the death. But today, Jesus sits with his disciples and he wants them to remember how he died. He wants you and I to remember what happened to him and he wants us to, re to recall it and to bring back to our memory. Uh, I I'll, I'll read just two quick verses here. John 10, 17 through 18 says this, because this is Jesus' words. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So today, we understand that Christ, yes, he came to show us the Father's love, Yes, he came to fulfill the law and the prophets, but his purpose was to come and die for you and me. And we cannot forget that. We cannot let that go by. In Luke 22, uh, 19 through 20, he says this. He took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to his disciples. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And I want to, before we partake, I want to give God thanks. I don't know that we generally always think of that. Uh, like Pastor Han said today, sometimes it just all of a sudden comes out of you. You, you just feel the, the need to thank God, but to really, or praise him, but to take a moment and just think about what was given for you and I.
the body today. Let's, let's pray. Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful. I, I don't know that our words can ever express, but it's not for lack of trying. And we don't want to just, I don't have the words, so why even say anything? No, we want to thank you. We want to thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us, for your broken body, for each one of us. God, when I read uh, in your word uh, the words of Jesus as we have, we've just come through a, a whole sermon series on that, I'm thankful that I have that today. And I'm thankful to hear of this moment that you spent with your disciples and you showed them what it was. And now we get to enjoy that. We get to delight in all that you've done for us, God. Lord, your body today broken for us. We thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake of the body. Continuing on in verse 20, he says, After supper he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. I'm taken back by the verses that Jesus did this willingly, willingly. Sometimes we have moments in our life where we don't find it within ourselves. We don't find the strength to do something willingly. Um, but Jesus came knowing his purpose and fulfilled it. And I, I, we, we get to, again, enjoy this today. Let's thank God for this. Father, thank you. Jesus, thank you for your precious blood that has given us life. It's a, it has forgiven our sin. And God, when, when we come to knowledge of you, when you look upon us and we've come uh, under the, the blood, you see Jesus. And Lord, let that be our testimony as we walk and we uh, go through our day, Lord God, that we reflect Jesus Christ because of your blood. We give you praise. We give you honor today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Stand together. Uh, Lord, thank you for this series that we'll be going through. God, it's just to remember kind of where we all started. We all had that moment where we became saved and it was new and it was fresh. And Lord, as we grow and we kind of just go our own way, we forget to just return back to the basic things we did. Lord, thank you for Pastor Han's sermon today and Bible reading, and I pray that we, we count it a joy and a delight, Lord, to, to read your word, Lord, to, to have it uh, affect our lives, and, and we begin to see it out, play out in front of our, our, our relationships and our daily life, God, and we'll remember something we just read, and now it's coming to fruition in our life. Thank you, God. I pray that you would go with us today, Lord. Thank you for bringing us here safely. Help us to get home safe. And Lord, uh, just at the next appointed time you have for us to come together, Lord, we would be blessed to be in your presence today. Go with us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.